Welcome to episode three, Cognitive Dissonance. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Goddard, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening inside you. I will help you find the best habits, discover the best tools, put in place the best rituals as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level becoming the best version of yourself this week I'm talking about cognitive dissonance understanding and acceptance are key to healing from emotionally abusive relationships this is mindfuckery and the Stockholm Syndrome that are really at the root of um, what's happened. And it's cognitive dissonance and trauma bonding, which really are the mindfuckery. And even bigger than understanding what happened is actually understanding what happens if you don't consolidate these thoughts or if you don't break the trauma bond who really is running your life and that is really key to um, understanding this comes down to uh, really deep conversations and honest conversations and those conversations are with yourself two very special topics that i love to talk about are cognitive dissonance and trauma bonding and the reason i talk about them so much is they're very important The cognitive dissonance makes you spiral and the trauma bonding keeps you attached and trapped. This cycle of abuse is a vessel and the abuser moves you from idealization to devaluation, back to idealization. There might be some discards in there just to to bond you a bit further. And devaluation, discard, idealization, it goes round and round and round and you get addicted to these hormones. You're chasing them you're chasing the attention and the hit and this is why I want you to ask yourself who is running my life when you want to reach out and contact them who is wanting to do that you have an understanding of what happened to you and yet you still have this need for their attention where is that coming from cognitive dissonance is holding two opposing thought patterns at the same time. So a lot of people use the example of smoking. Everybody knows it's bad for their health, but they still do it. But anyone who's experienced it in the emotionally abusive relationship will know that that is really a bad example. Cognitive dissonance is traumatizing. It's where your brain can't compute. It can't understand what's happened. Perhaps you could look at it like a small child asking the same question over and over again, but why? And this is where you get stuck. You can see their bad behavior, but you're stuck still believing the image or the false self that they presented at the beginning of the relationship. But they loved me. How could they do this? They wouldn't do this to me. And your mind is trying to reason with what happened and what you were told and who was in the relationship because the person you were in the relationship isn't the person now that you're seeing in front of you or out of the relationship. 
if you think back to the time when you discovered, I mean, it might not have been like traumatic, but discovered that Father Christmas wasn't real, you might have put your he- your hands over your ears not wanting to hear that news or the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny. As you were growing up, you might have questioned, is it true? How do reindeer fly? Or how does he manage to buy so many or make so many presents? You might have challenged your parents who didn't hide the gifts very well. The child gradually starts asking questions and things don't make sense to them. As they grow, they understand why. And this event happens once a year, so you've got time in between to uh, to grow up emotionally, to, to come to terms with the fact that this was a trick. You're never given that opportunity coming out of this relationship. You might have asked questions. You might have queries about the relationship, but you were gaslit. So everything was your fault. They blame shifted everything onto you or your intuition was wrong or you were the problem if you hadn't done something or if you had done something. And even when you realize and the relationship is over that they were lying, this programming is so deep and you don't get closure. And it's fine. It's then very difficult to untangle these thoughts. During the multiple discards, they've come back to you and they're telling you how amazing you were and how sorry they are. And they never want to do it again. They want to change for you. And this pattern continues. But what's happening is part of your brain at the end of the relationship, at the final discard, is still waiting for them to return because they've always come back. Your brain is still anaesthetized. And it's hiding, it's hiding away in a little shell to protect itself or protecting the bit that hasn't been damaged. Because on a subconscious level, you saw this abuse. On a conscious level, you were programmed to override it. One moment you can understand who they were, the mask they wore, what they've done to you. And the next minute you're questioning and remembering all of the good times. You're looking for all of the information that they're a nice person. And when you're in that place that remembers the good times, you will still be hooked to the wounds they they showed you. Keep tuning into your body and asking yourself, who's running my life? Your emotions are going to be swinging backwards and forwards like a pendulum. When you tell your inner child or your inner self that the person you thought they were doesn't exist or a situation arises and you question if they were right all along, this was your fault. You will need to prove to part of yourself who they are when these emotions overtake you. When you're experiencing cognitive dissonance, your mind can spin out of control. You're rationalizing the person you believed they were with actually the facts that you're now facing. You might have so many questions and then crumbling with emotions. Did they really love you? Was your life really a lie? You were the only person that they, uh, that understood them. They told you that multiple times. So how now can they walk away? Who are they with? What are they doing? How could this be? And then you might be watching somebody else stepping into your shoes, living that fake future you created with them. But you then recall back to the love they showered you with and the facts before you. If the gaslighting didn't turn you crazy, this could really push you over the edge. And then this can take you into that vortex. It can suck you into the rumination.
And the earlier that you can realize that's happening to you, the easier it is to get out that thought process. Now, if you find that you're in the midst of that spiral of emotions, taking you some deep breaths and grounding yourself can be easier to break yourself away. Keep reminding yourself of who they are and what they did. Writing is like really cathartic. That's what I found anyway. Um, and I also, what I've discovered is writing by hand, when you write anything out by hand, it's as if it's like letting the emotions being released from the nib of the pen. You can get everything out onto the page. And it doesn't really matter whether you can, uh, it's legible or whether you can spell or whether your grammar is, you know, is particularly good. It's just releasing those emotions. And it's like looking at what situations do you remember that remind you of who they really are. And also think about for every action, there's a reaction. For every thought you have created, there's an opposing one. So it might be, but they loved me. And then look at what they did that actually counteracts that thought or contradicts that thought. And then start looking and making lists in statement forms at how they treated you. They strip you of absolutely everything. They drain you. They suck the life out of you. I've described it before as like um, electric cars. You know, you plug an electric car into a, an energy source and it fills up. It tops that car up and they move on. You move, The car moves on to... Um, for a certain distance and it has to plug back in again. To me, that's what the emotional abuser is like. And I actually felt the disconnect happen months before the actual final discard. They, they've, in that time, when they plug themselves into you, they're draining you, they're taking your energy, your energy source, but they're not just doing your energy, they're taking away from you mentally, physically, emotionally. You come out of these uh, relationships questioning every single belief system you have and you find a majority of people find that they have been financially abused as well you are a means of supply and that supply can continue after the relationship is over if you're trying to reach out if you're in pain they it shows to them how powerful they were and what you're doing is you're just topping them up they you're refueling them so cutting off that supply will mean that they can move on or they will move on. They'll find that supply somewhere else. They might come around multiple times to see if they can suck you back in, hoover you back up, whether you're going to react in some way. And your reaction shows how powerful they are and what control they still have over you. And this is why it's so important to divorce emotionally. Cognitive dissonance is holding two conflicting thought patterns. What we need to do now is balance those. When you have this thought pattern of how much they love you and how what they did for you and all these nice things, you've got an opposing one that says actually this was abuse. And this is now about bringing these two together so they blend, so that you can see yeah, we might have gone to different places. We might have um we might have gone out for nice meals. They might have taken me out to nice places. But actually what was going on was uh, abuse in the background. And every time they did this, they it was followed up by a bunch of flowers, a bottle of wine. Every time they had an affair, we um, went through this. Every time they got caught doing something, 
this happened. It's balancing these two thought processes and they very gently merge and you can see the abuse. And when you get to the point where you're not overriding the abuse with looking for the information, but they did this for me and they did that for me. When you get to that point and you can call out this as an abusive relationship, the abuse that happened to you, that's when the, the healing starts to happen. The emotions that we feel are trapped trauma and we'll experience them over and over again until we remove them completely from our bodies. We need to get to the core of these issues, to the root cause. And much like a Veruca, if any part of that root is left in the body, it will lie dormant until it's triggered again. And this is exactly what happens in these relationships. And healing the wounds is crucial for moving forward and experiencing healthy relationships. You might still be trauma bonded if you're still wanting the abuser to reach out, you're wanting to reach out or wanting to prove how well you're doing to them. If you're still living in the hope of a future with the abusive person, or you might be disguising your wounds and getting involved with other people's drama as a distraction. This can be a really confusing time. Your reality has been turned on its head. Each time this happens, remember to breathe, remember to ground into your body um, because it's from there that you can take control. When you're in your body, you can see that what happened to you was abusive. When you're in your head, you can't. Your mind is going off searching for all of the good things they did, the nice person they were. So start to ask yourself a few questions. And one of those should be, who's running my life? Who's running this? Who's running these emotions? Healing from cognitive dissonance and breaking trauma bonds is divorcing from the abuser emotionally. It means that they have no control over you. And anytime you hear from them or you see anything about them, you feel nothing. At the end of these relationships, the pain is excruciating. And the weirdest thing is you feel nothing. You're completely dead inside. You have no emotion, no zest for life. You might look in the mirror and not recognize that person staring back at you. And anyone who's never experienced this is never gonna understand what it's like. You need to surround yourself with a tribe of people that do need know what they what you've been through. It's like trying to explain to a man what childbirth is like. Divorcing emotionally means there's nothing left. The pain has gone. The need for them to text you or message you or to reach out has gone. And this leads you to take control of your life. The life that you know is yours and it's not the one dictated by others. Start looking at the ways that you can calm down that thought process and blend the two together. Sending you loads of love until next time.